0: Hi, welcome to the 15th episode of The Teacher's Promise. I'm Brett Hansen and I'm extremely grateful to be able to celebrate, inspire, and nurture educators around the world by spreading the word about important and wonderful teachers. These extraordinary, dedicated, compassionate people have inspired me to dig a little deeper, to share more great stories. So I've reached out to some of the best teachers in Illinois through the Golden Apple Award Program. This week, Phil Kolkasi explains the program and how he got involved with it. I hope to share more of their stories, but there's a reason they won this award. They work hard, which means they're busy. Hopefully you'll hear from some more of them soon, and I'll do my best to connect with them. As one of the ten winners this year, Phil exemplifies everything the Golden Apple Award strives to honor in teachers. But there's really no need for me to say any more. Let's hear about it from Phil. So it's my pleasure today to welcome on the show Phil Kukasey, an Apple Award winner and an extraordinarily excellent teacher from Wheaton Warrenville uh, South High School in Wheaton, Illinois, uh, a great community about 20 miles west of Chicago. Welcome to the show, Phil. How are you doing? I'm great, Brett. How are you today? I'm good. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm sure you're a busy man with all your Apple Award responsibilities. And uh, <laughs> Well, we're um, we're uh,
1: lucky enough this week, we have the, the entire week off at of Thanksgiving, so I'm not as busy as normal today. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and as a coach, you got that going too. We do too, so it's worked out nicely. Um, so why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and the school where you teach and why you became a teacher? Sure. Well, uh, I teach at Wheaton Warrenville South High School
1: in Wheaton, Illinois. As you mentioned, I've been at Wheaton Warrenville South for 21 years. Uh, this is my 25th year uh, as a high school teacher. I've taught math and physics and chemistry at all levels. This year, I have two classes of sophomores uh, with a co-teacher. Um, my first year of teaching was in 1996 in uh, Lawrence, Massachusetts, which is a suburb of Boston. I taught there for a year. Uh, then I, we moved back to Chicago, which is uh, where I'm from, my wife and I. And I uh, taught for a couple years at a school in Lombard, Illinois. And then for the last 21 years, I've been at Wheaton warrenville South. I did not uh, study education, as most of my students can probably tell in college, and I never really thought much about being a high school teacher until I was actually doing it.
0: So um, it was never my intention to be a high school teacher. So were you able to jump right into the education profession in Massachusetts without a certification?
1: I I taught at a couple private schools without a certificate. And then when we moved back to Chicago, I I went back at night to get my uh, teaching license for the
0: state of Illinois. Yeah. Nowadays, you could probably get a job without having to do that and and then do it during since the schools are in such need of especially somebody with math, physics, and chemistry skills. True enough. Yes. I I
1: look at a lot of resumes and our our database used to have 200 applicants for open jobs and now it's down to about 20 or 30. So that is definitely the
0: case. Yeah. I I teach in a rural district um, and and um uh, unfortunately a bit of a low paying rural district and we will sometimes get two three applicants for a position it's it's tough wow but they're lucky to have you so i'm glad to hear that so um you won an apple award was that this year it was last spring yes last spring yeah so how does that process work how did, did your students nominate you did your parents nominate you well, it's it's
1: kind of an interesting story. So the the Golden Apple Foundation was was founded. I'll probably get the date wrong, but I think it's at least twenty or thirty years ago, uh, more than that actually. And uh, their mission was to identify teachers in the state of Illinois, at first in the Chicago area, uh, and support uh, support excellent teaching in the city, and then also to inspire young people to become teachers. So that, that's the mission of the Golden Apple Foundation in the state of Illinois. And uh, I was lucky enough to take physics from a gentleman by the name of Jim Stankovitz, who taught physics at Marist High School in Chicago and then at Wheaton Warrenville South in Wheaton for 42 years. And he won the Golden Apple in the mid-90s. And um, I believe, I'm not sure, I can't prove it, but I believe that Mr. Stankovitz is the one who nominated me last winter for the Golden Apple Award. Uh, I received notice from the foundation right around uh, winter break, so late December, early January, uh, that I had been nominated. And so then that involved sending in a video of one of my classes, writing a couple essays, gathering some recommendation letters, and so on. And then after that, nothing really happened for a few months. And uh, I think about in March or so, I heard from the foundation uh, that they had picked 30 finalists in the state of Illinois from from 30 different high schools, uh, because this cycle was for high school teachers. They're they're on a three-year cycle with K-5 teachers and then middle school teachers and high school teachers. And uh, as one of the 30 finalists, uh, they came to visit our school. So, so two representatives from the foundation came to our school. They observed uh, an entire one of our classes. Uh, then they talked to kids. They talked to parents. They talked to administrators. They talked to teachers. They pretty much talked to everyone but me. And uh, that was a full day. Um, I think it was in April, a little, little bit after spring break. And then uh, from those 30 finalists, they visit 10 schools once again uh, with surprise announcements, and they sure surprised me pretty good at the end of last school year. They, uh, they packed all of the students into the gym, and uh, they surprised me with a, with a visit from the foundation. So it was a little, little overwhelming, to be sure.
0: Yeah, I, I watched some of those videos. It's a great experience to watch the joy, both for the educators and for the teachers. But when I went to look, I didn't see a link for yours. Oh, the videos out there. They they told me that the videos, been
1: watched a lot of times. So, yeah. <laughs> i I think it was a lot more fun for the people who got to watch than for me because it was a little bit overwhelming and humbling and uh, nerve wracking to uh, speak in front of the entire school when I was surprised like that. Uh, so well, yeah, they, they. And what was really special about it was it was the first time that we as a school had been all together in the same room since the start of the pandemic. So, you know, the last time we were all together in the gym was homecoming of 2019 and then we hadn't been all together in the gym again until May of 2022. It was, it was a really, it was a really nice moment for our school. And yeah. really embarrassing for me.
0: <laughs> well, like like a breath of fresh air to get everybody together again. That's great. And just so you know, um, you'll be embarrassed a little more because we'll make sure we get that link into the show notes so people can and <laughs> enjoy that uh, experience with you as well. And I'm sorry I couldn't find it. I didn't see it on the. On Let's the just say there were
1: indoor there were indoor fireworks, which surprised me as well too. Oh wow! <laughs> I, I, our prince our principal Scott McDermott was somehow able to get indoor fireworks into the building and surprise all of us with that too. Wow. But that that was was fun.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Scott McDermott. Is that what you said his name was? Yes. Yeah. Good job, Scott. Thanks, Scott, for getting that going. So um, obviously you are an extraordinarily good teacher and people, um, your students, the parents, uh, your mentors, and your fellow teachers uh, know this. Could you tell us a little bit about the role of compassion in a science class for uh, for you, how does compassion play a part when you're, you know, trying so hard to get kids to learn these very difficult concepts?
1: Well, that's a, that's a, re- a really interesting question, and it, it's not something that, you know, necessarily we we think about on a on a day to day as busy as you are in the high school, and and it's certainly not something that going back when you earn your teaching certificate that your professors talk about or things like that, but. I'll give you I'll give you an example or or a way I think about it. So I I had mentioned Mr. Stankovic, Jim, who was my physics teacher in high school. And then through a roundabout way, we ended up working together for almost 20 years at at Wheaton Warrenville South. And what was so special about Jim is that Jim. Halfway through his teaching decided halfway through his teaching career, he decided to change the way he taught from a more. Uh, lecture demonstration-based science instruction to a more uh, student-centered constructivist classroom called modeling instruction. And modeling instruction is a way of teaching science that originated in Arizona back in the late 80s, early 90s, where a couple of science teachers weren't happy with the way that they were teaching their students. And so they started working with some professors at Arizona State University and came up with a method of teaching that's more Socratic dialogue-driven, more lab-driven, more paradigm-based uh, approach to, to teaching science rather than the way I learned science, which was just sit in the back of the room and take as many notes as I could and try not to say anything. And so, you know, when I watched Jim teach, because I, I learned from him when he was still lecturing and demoing, and then when I came to Wheaton Wormville South and and kids were in groups, uh, kids were using whiteboards to solve problems. Together in a collaborative environment, kids were um, kids were presenting their solutions in front of the classroom, and I, I was just sort of floored by this. And I said to Jim, "You have to teach me how to teach this way." And so that's evolved at our, our school over the last twenty years. Where now we we have people come to our school in the summer to to teach them how we teach this this modeling instruction. But anyway, long story short, one of Jim's true geniuses beside being the best teacher I ever had and the smartest, one of the smartest people I've ever met. uh, Jim's true talent was that he never made a student or a teacher feel bad about asking a question. And I think that's where his compassion for students and their learning process really sort of reflected on all of us who work at Wheaton Warrenville South. And so I think that's something that, that we try to set up from the very first day in our science classes at South is we want kids to feel comfortable in our classrooms. We want kids to look forward to coming to our classes even though they might not necessarily like physics or chemistry or biology. Like, oh, hey, I really like going to Mr. C's class. Why? Well, you know, because he's nice or because he doesn't make me feel bad if I ask a question or he doesn't make me feel bad if I make a mistake. And we all try to learn together. Uh, and so that, that's what I really learned from Jim is that I try really hard never ever to make a student feel bad for asking a question. And once we have that down, once we have that sort of collaborative community environment where kids feel safe and kids look forward to coming to class, I think we can get some learning done. I think we can get some chemistry or some physics or some math or those subjects that you hear adults say. Oh, I was never good at that, right? Or, oh, I wish I was in this class when I was a student. And that's what we're really striving for at our school,
0: if that makes sense. It does. And it sounds like a great goal. I just last week, um, one of my students who I think she likes coming to my class, not all my students do, but I'm trying, but she made a comment about chemistry Mm -hmm. and uh, it was it was not um, I don't think I'm not suggesting at all. It's the teacher's fault. Uh, but she struggles with chemistry, and I think that kind of perspective would help her enormously. So it sounds like Jim has taught you a lot of wonderful things, and I'm glad to hear that it is uh, continuing to evolve at your school.
1: That's great. Well, you know, what What I like when I hear students talking in the hallways or talking before class is, is I like when I, when I hear students say, I like this class, but I don't really like chemistry that much. Because if they like the class, then I
0: feel like we can teach them some chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, um not necessarily for chemistry teachers or mm-hmm. physics teachers, what advice would you give to young teachers, especially um, maybe people who are in college who are considering becoming a teacher, you know, what what advice would you give them and why should people become teachers nowadays? Well, that's a, that's a great question and, and something
1: that I really am focused on right now. You know, I, I have about 10 years left of of teaching and one of the ideas, thoughts, worries that crosses my mind constantly is, you know, who's gonna be us in the next 10 years? Uh, you know, who's gonna be doing the great work that you do, going out and interviewing teachers and and talking about the profession? who's going to be working hard in the classrooms in the next 10 years. And so one of my goals for the next 10 years is to encourage young people to really think about becoming part of this profession. And so, you know, what I tell, what I tell young people and what I tell young teachers about the job, and and I hope that they see that in, in how we run things in our school and in our department is it's really, really fun. We have a lot of fun at our school. Uh, we laugh almost every single day. Uh, that's not to say it's, it's not without our share of tears and our share of anger and our share of disappointment. Uh, but we have a great time every single day, and I look forward to coming to work every day, which I'm not sure is true about necessarily every profession these days. But uh, what I also tell young people is it's very, very hard work, and you have to put in the time. And you have to put in the time outside of school and in the summer to get really, really good at what you're doing. Uh, But if you like helping children of any age from kindergarten through seniors in high school uh, and you like uh, the material that you're working with, if you're an English person or a a history person or a chemistry person, if you like kids and you like the material, you're going to have a great time doing this job. Uh, because it's so much fun. And, and we do laugh on a on a daily basis in our department and in our school. Yeah,
0: yeah that having fun is a, an important part of it. Um, and, you know, nowadays in education, it's essential that we, um, you know, considering how difficult it is to get people to come into the profession, we really do need to emphasize those positive aspects. What I tell people, whenever I get a chance, is that although there are a lot of Uh, difficulties and apparent, um, you know, hindrances, the, the most important thing for me is that I get to serve people. And in that process, I become a better person. I I, I like to have fun. I truly care about students, but one of the things I've realized, and I try to talk about a lot in the teacher's promise, you know, the book and the program and everything Mm -hmm. is that I've become a better person the longer I've stayed in teaching. So there's no doubt. There's no doubt.
1: And yeah, And what I really enjoy about, especially the high school environment, is I get to meet kids that are talented songwriters or talented artists or talented at speech or talented musicians or talented athletes or uh, wonderful, creative people. Uh, The the, the range of, of students that you get to meet is so overwhelming. It's so awesome. That you know, I, I get to meet kids who are into into so many different. Um, they're just so talented. I guess is probably the best way to put it, and it, it's overwhelming to me at times. The the quality of young people that I get to meet every single day, and and like you said, we as adults get just as much out of it as as the kids do, and and I think that's why we look forward to to coming to school and coming to class even on the hard days is because we're going to get a little bit out of it and hopefully the kids do too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So um, one of the things I love to ask uh, people is to share a funny story. Um, There are all kinds of entertaining uh, situations and anecdotes as teachers, especially for the the teachers who, uh, you know, relate and connect with the younger kids. But um, in the world of science, can you share with us a funny story? Sure, you know I, I was thinking about one that just happened. Oh, probably earlier in the
1: school year, maybe September or October, and and the kids were just getting to know me, and I was just getting to know them, and we were we were having a discussion. I f- I forget what it was about. Maybe it was, it was unit one, so we we're probably still talking about mass, volume, and density, and we we're having this discussion. And so one of the things you learn, in, in as a modeling instructor, is to uh, is to ask questions of the kids and and more open ended. Questions and I, I think I asked Oscar, I said, you know, if we do this, do you think the density of this object will go up or down or stay the same? So it's kind of like a multiple choice question, but you know, we'll always follow it up with why. And um, he answered, and he was so sure of himself that the density was going to go up. And most of the class knew that Oscar was incorrect, but he had this big smile on his face. And he said, I said, are you sure? Are you sure that the density will go up? And he goes, I'm positive. And so, you know, we all started, we all started, you know, smiling because he was smiling so much. And I said, do you want to bet on it? And he said, of course, Mr. C, I will bet you $10,000 that the density will go up. And I said, I will take that bet. And all the kids are yelling, you know, don't, don't bet him, Oscar. Don't bet him. Don't bet him. And he said, no, no, I'm betting $10,000. And so... You know, and of course, the density didn't go up. The density went down because we did a demonstration to prove it. And so then the kids were saying, you know, Oscar, you owe Mr. C $10,000. Right, right, right. I said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Oscar. You know, but you do owe me $10,000. And so the next day he comes in and he had gone into like, you know, the the board game life or whatever, and he had one at home and he found the $10,000 bill. And so he came into class and he goes, Mr. C, I have your money. And he slapped it down on my desk, a $10,000 bill. <laughs> and we were also la- laughing so much. And I was, it it just made me laugh so much. And so I, I had i had the young man, I go, you need to sign this. So he I made him sign the back of that $10,000 bill. And then I hung it up in my office. And I think I'm going to have that there forever because it just makes me, it reminds me of the good times we have in class while still getting, like I said before, while still getting some learning done.
0: Yeah, Oscar sounds like he'd be a perfect candidate for forensics or, or a great person to be in the, in the in in my class messing around with some creative writing and stuff. That sounds great. Good job, Oscar. Maybe you can uh, snap a quick photo of that and we'll throw that in the show notes too. I think people would love to see Oscar's <laughs> signature and then you can tell him that he's famous, that he's That's on the right. internet and all that.
1: It was worth his ten thousand dollars.
0: It was, yeah, that's great. That's right. So, um, I I know that you're a coach, do, mm-hmm. and often the dynamic between an educator and students is a little different with coaching. Can you tell us how if it's any different, or do you do you approach everything the same way? What role does coaching have in in your uh, life as an educator?
1: Well, I you know I <laughs> it's a funny story because if if you ever met me in person, I wouldn't strike you as a basketball person because uh, I'm 5'8 on a good day, and I, uh, you know, I played intramural basketball, and that, that was about it, and, you know, sometimes in, in high schools in the Chicago area, a lot of the coaches are college athletes and, and things like that, so going back to when I taught in Boston, I got, I got called to the principal's office in October of my very first year. I'd have been, only been teaching for about eight weeks. I didn't have a teaching certificate, And I thought I was about to be fired. You know, Mr. Colchese, (laughs) please report to the principal's office after school. And so I go into the principal's office and he goes, "Uh, Mr. Colchese, sit down. And I go, yes, sir. And he goes, what is this? And he's pointing to a basketball. And I thought it was a trick question. I go, "Uh, that's a basketball. And he goes, good. You're the freshman girls coach. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, what? I go, you realize I haven't played since eighth grade and I played intramurals. And he goes, I don't care. You seem to be good with kids and know a little bit about sports, so you're coaching uh the freshman girls team. And so that was, you know, in nineteen ninety-six. And uh this this year at Wheaton Warrenville South will be my twenty-first straight year of being the assistant varsity coach at, at Wheaton Warrenville South. And that's sort of that's sort of how it happened. Um and, you know, I I try to uh I try to Jokingly walk away every year, but the head coach he won't let me. It's uh, I kind of joke that you know I it's like a tractor beam, and so um, it yeah it's it's brought a lot of good memories. It's it's brought a lot of good times, a lot of sad times, um, the ups and downs of high school athletics. Uh, but what I tell new teachers about that is it's really really important to get involved in the building with whatever you enjoy. And so, you know, if you enjoy speech or chess or music or sports or track or running or whatever it is uh, to get involved after school, because it, it really helps with uh, your classes. And it seems counterintuitive. But once kids see you in the gym or in the music room or uh, at speech practice or or at the art fair or whatever it is, they, they sort of have this view, different view of you that is almost like, oh, you you really do care about our school and our school community, and you really do care about kids after school, and so maybe I'll pay a little more attention in your class, or maybe I won't, you know, step out of line in your class, that sort of thing. It, it really does help new teachers with classroom management uh, to be involved with the building outside of the school day. And so we, you know, as a department chair, I really encourage teachers in, in my department to be involved after school, uh, every day. It does take a lot of time and it does take a lot of time away from your family. And I'm lucky and, and our head coach is lucky that, that we have families that understand that. Uh, but it's 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 been a lifetime worth of memories. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, that's great. I haven't coached for a long time, but I, my favorite year was uh, one year when I coached ninth grade girls basketball um, and they were not very good. They worked really hard. They were happy to have a chance to play and we had a great year it was it was a a lot of fun a really monumental year for me so i'm glad to hear that things have gone well for you so um to wrap up why don't you just uh tell us anything that you'd like to share that maybe we didn't discuss or um, what's next for you and your future as a teacher
1: well uh you know first of all brett thank you so much for for putting on in all this hard work to get the get the message out about Uh, teachers in our community and and in your community I I think it means a lot you know what I tell what I tell young people who are thinking about teaching is you know the way the easiest way to think about it is if you're ever lucky enough to have kids wouldn't you want your kids to have a great teacher and the answer is always yes right you want your kids to have great teachers so who's going to do it and I think we have to do it, and we have to find kids that want to do it, and then we have to support them and show them that this can be a a really, really fun way to make a living, although, like I said before, it's also pretty tough, Uh, but we talk teaching and learning in the summer here in Wheaton, and we can help young teachers of any discipline really, uh, really be involved with Learning how to to become a teacher. One one of the greatest privileges uh, I've had in the in the past year, in fact, ever as part of teaching is uh, I was invited to be part of the Golden Apple Scholars Summer Institute. And what that entails is um, the Golden Apple Foundation they award scholarships to young people who want to teach in schools of need in the state of Illinois. So teachers uh, can earn young. College students actually can earn up to $25,000 in in tuition assistance for their college education uh, if they go to school in Illinois and if they are willing to teach for five years in in a school of need. And as part of that, they have these summer institutes. And the summer institutes are three weeks long at colleges throughout the state of Illinois. I was lucky enough to work at the North Central Scholar Institute last summer. And it's three weeks where students live in the dorms. And in the mornings, they go visit and observe at schools that are holding summer school sessions. And then they come back in the afternoon and they have workshops about teaching and learning, guest speakers, group activities, mini classes. And then they have these reflective seminars of which I was lucky enough to be a leader last summer. And so I had 10 students, 10 college sophomores, they are now, who... um, who are thinking about being teachers and had committed to teaching in schools of need in the state of Illinois. So they went to observe in the uh, they went to observe in the morning and then they had lunch. And then we talked for 90 minutes in a reflective situation about what they saw and what they had questions about and what they had concerns about. And it really, really was one of the best things I've ever done in education to talk about teaching and learning with these young people who really want to be teachers of all disciplines there. I had elementary uh, special ed. I had high school math, high school social studies, uh, students who wanted to be coaches, students who wanted to be theater uh, producers uh, in high school. And, and the more we can get kids involved in programs like that, uh, I really want to get the word out about it. So the, the Golden Apple Scholars Institute in the state of Illinois was one of the best things that I've ever done. And, and hopefully I get to do it
0: again this summer. Well, it sounds like you probably will, considering how enthusiastic you are about it. And uh, I'll do my best to try to spread the word. Uh, I'll look into also whether or not we have something like that in Wisconsin. Um, but I'm not sure, but I'm going to find out. So thank you, um, Phil. When we get to the end of every episode, it's my favorite part, my opportunity to thank the educator. And um, man, I got a long list here. I want to <laughs> I want I thank you for... Um, for 25 years as a teacher, and I want to thank you for bringing up uh, Mr. Stankovitz. Did I say that right? Yep, sure. Yeah. It. Yeah. Mr. Stankovitz sounds like a spectacular person. I'd love to get him on the show, but maybe he won't want to. Since I, I, he's can retired. You, I can get you his number. <laughs> okay. Yeah, We'll see if we can get him on here. The problem is he'll probably just say all kinds of nice things about you for a half an hour, but that's okay. Because um, you really talked up him. He he sounds like an excellent teacher. I'm glad he introduced the modeling instruction. It sounds great. I want to thank you for um, tackling the difficult challenge of teaching our young people math, physics, and chemistry, and making it fun and dynamic and making sure they feel valued and respected in the classroom. We have to do that as educators. Uh, thank you for mentoring young teachers and for coaching for 21 years. It sounds like you're a an extraordinary asset to your coaching program and to your school. And the kids uh, really, really must see how much you care about them from that. And thank you for participating in the Golden Apple Scholars Program. Um, it sounds wonderful. I'll be really amazed if if they, they don't call you back uh, next year. And congratulations on being a Golden Apple Award winner. Um, it just sounds like you're a spectacular teacher. And I'm honored to have had you on the show. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you, Brett. Thank you so much.
0: Yep. Well, thanks again for joining us and believing that all children are our children and that all kids deserve our intelligent compassion. Next week, I'll be sharing the first of many Funny Teacher Stories episodes, compilations of hilarious misunderstandings, unpredictable chaos, and funny bits from the teachers we've heard from already. Some of them, only classroom teachers can really understand. So make sure you come back and tell your friends. Finally, always remember that you must take care of yourself in order to take care of others. So please join the Teacher's Promise Facebook group. And if times get a little bit tough or things get a little bit rough, give yourself a break. You deserve it. Until next time, thanks again for being an educator.